0: Get your Bible and turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1. And we've been in this series um, that we called Limitless, Limitless. And, and, and kind of the idea is that we don't want to limit what God can do in and through our lives. In fact, we don't want to limit our lives at all. And many times, because we live, how many know we live in a real world? And truthfully, there are limitations, right? And so it's kind of this idea, but wait a second, there are limitations. I don't have all the money in the world. I, I don't, I'm not the smartest person in the world. But, but here's what we need to understand. We started this with this idea that we have a limitless God, and we are actually not citizens of a limited world. We're citizens of a limitless kingdom. And so when the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, We've got to decide what all things mean. Can I do some things? Can I do a few things? Can I do all things? In other words, I want you to understand that, that God has a good plan for you. He has good thoughts for you, the Bible says. Thoughts of hope, thoughts of a future, thoughts of an expected end, that they're not bad thoughts, that God has good plans for you. And I want you to believe that you can do everything and anything God has purposed or destined or called you to be or do. And that we don't have to be limited. We don't have to live our lives well, if I lived in a different city, if I had a different education, if I came from a different family, if I had more resources, if, if I, you know, if I had this or that or whatever, then I could. I want you to say, no, Christ is enough for me. I am complete in him and I can do all things through Christ. And so whatever God has called you to, whatever God is, is speaking over your life and leading you in, you, you need to know it. And because when we know the word of God, we're no longer limited. A lot of times we're limited by what we don't know. When I don't know what God's called me to do, when I don't know what God speaks over me, when I don't know what God thinks about me, when I don't know uh, what God's plan is for me, then I'm limited by that. But truthfully, if I know those things, I don't have to be limited. And so I, I don't want any of your potential to end up in your casket. Uh, God is in charge and, and responsible for his promise, but you're responsible for your potential. And so for me, if you really think about it, and I'm going to, this is spoiler alert here, I only have one sermon. Really? I know you're like, well, wait a second. Last week was this, the week before. Okay, let me help you with this. I only have one sermon. Take over the world. That's all I got. I just talk about different ways to do it. Right? I was thinking about this. Bill Johnson only has one sermon. Host the presence of God. Robert Morris only has one sermon. Live a blessed life. Right? I, you know, um, you can think back, all the great evangelists and pastors and teachers, most of them had this one thing. You know, what's Joyce Meyer's one sermon, the battlefield of the mind? Right? What's my one sermon? You can take over your world. That's all I'm trying to convince you of every week. And I'm gonna work on that again today because I don't want you to limit yourself by what you think, what you say, what you believe, what you see around you. I want you to understand that with God anything is possible and you can do all things through Christ and you don't have to live God has a good plan for you a good life for you good promises for you a good purpose for you and you really can live it completely out no matter the world you live in or what's going on around you I just want to convince you of that would you be okay if I convinced you of that all right well let's get to work Deuteronomy chapter 1 Deuteronomy chapter 1, we've been talking about this limitless life, and we're talking about how Israel, God told them about the promise. God showed them the promised land. They sent scouts or spies into the promised land, came back, said, hey, the land is a good land. God is a good God, right? If they'd have just stopped right there, things would have been better, right? And so so we talked about that, but they limited what God could do in their lives. We talked about, uh, I believe it's Psalm 71. Now, we will not limit the Holy One of Israel. It says, Israel, Israel limited God. How did they limit God? Well, we've talked about it. They limited God by what they believed. Last week we talked about they limited God by what they thought. This week I'm going to talk about another way that we limit God. They limited God. And so although they had a promise from God, Although God promised to give them everything, although God brought them to the promised land and showed them the promise, they still didn't inherit the promise. And at this point, we've decided it's not because of the enemy. It was the way they thought about the enemy and themselves. Remember last week, they said, we're grasshoppers and they think we're grasshoppers too. As long as you want to think like a grasshopper, you'll be squished like one. Amen. Amen. And so we we talked about that. And so here they have this promise from God. And this this is what I want. Every person in here has promises from God. In Jesus, every promise from God is yes and amen. In other words, it's guaranteed. So every promise from God, promises of health, promises of prosperity, promises of wholeness, right? All those promises from God are true and absolute in Jesus. He is the guarantee. He is the yes. He is the eternal yes of God. God has said yes to every promise, right? God has said yes to every one of his promise. You're not waiting on God to say yes. Jesus is the eternal yes of God. We're the eternal. Amen. We're the, so be it. We have to come in agreement. You'll never have what God wants you to have till you agree with what God wants you to agree with. He's not going to agree with you, but you can agree with him. So here we are, Deuteronomy. We'll get to this. This is where they tell Moses, and we've talked about this. It's kind of the same thing in church. Anytime there's an unauthorized committee meeting, things are about to go south. And they've had an unauthorized committee meeting. Come up with a plan that we should send scouts into the land. And so God, uh, I believe Moses talks to God. God says okay, because Numbers 13 says God said send scouts into the land. Uh, Deuteronomy says the people came to Moses and Moses saw that it was good. Well, I think Moses prayed about it and they all decided okay, let them go. And we decided that God let them go. And so. This is Deuteronomy chapter one, verse 23. It says, the idea seemed good to me that so I selected 12 among you one man from each tribe. And they left and went to the hill country and came to the valley of Eshcol and explored it. Taking with them some of the fruit of the land, they brought it down to us and reported it's a good land the Lord our God is giving us. Pause right there, time out. It'd have been good if they'd have stopped talking right then. Sometimes, and I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. Sometimes you need to know when not to post. <laughs> right? The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, letting, let him ask from God and God who will give him wisdom liberally. And sometimes we need the wisdom to not post and not talk. Anyways, just, just my thought there. Um, verse 26. But you were unwilling to go up and you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. Watch verse 27? You grumbled in your tents grumbled in your tents and said, watch this, the Lord hates us. <laughs> so can I just tell you, sometimes your mind would just run away with you. Can I tell you that? I mean, think about this. The Lord hates us. Watch what the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us in the hands of the Amorites so they could kill us all. Like this is what they came up. God came up with this plan Even though we were in bondage and suffering in Egypt, he delivered us from the most powerful nation in the earth at the time. And not only that, he delivered such a way that they paid us to leave. I don't know if you know that, but they left with the spoils of Egypt. Egypt. It's a good word for somebody right here. I had not said this all weekend. Listen, God can deliver you in such a way that you don't just escape out of it, but you come out of it blessed and prosperous and more whole and better than you've ever been. Amen. What did the Bible say about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. You remember those guys? What did the Bible say about them? They came out of the fiery furnace and there was no smell of smoke on them. I'm telling you right now, when God delivers, he does it all the way. Yes. Amen. Anyways, so, so um, it says they grumbled and this was their plan that, or their thought anyway, because your mind would run away with you. Their thought was God delivered us from this most powerful nation, parted the Red Sea, let us take the spools of Egypt, brought us through the wilderness so that he could let the Amorites kill us. I have a saying, you might wanna learn it because sometimes your mind will think this way like God's left me, I don't know. I have this saying um, and it was forged through adversity but this is my saying, God's brought me too far to drop me in the grease (laughs) now, right? He's brought me too far to leave me now. Are you with me? Sometimes when your mind, oh, God's let, wait a second. No, he's, he's done too much. He's brought me too far. He's still with, I may not feel like it, but just because I feel or don't feel doesn't necessarily mean that's what God's doing or not doing, right? Your feelings will lie to you. Your mind will lie to you. You've got to learn. That's why the Bible gives the spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit self-control. So anyways, they said, yep, God's going to let the Amorites kill us. Skip down to verse 34. It says, they grumbled in their tents, And so, when the Lord heard what they said, he was angry and swore, none of this generation will see the good of the land that I swore to their ancestors. Now, where did they grumble? In their tents, right? And then the Bible said, God heard. I called this message tent talk. Tent talk. You know what I've found about church people? We know what to say at church. We even know what to put on Instagram. But I think what determines most of the time whether we possess our promise or not is not what we say at church. Oh, well, I'm blessed, highly favored. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm blessed by the best. Ooh, I'm overcoming today. I don't, I don't think it's important necessarily what we say at church. But I think it's really important what we say in our tents. Said they grumbled in their tents, and God heard, and said, "Well, you're not going into the promised land." I could ask this question if I was real nosy. I'm not nosy, so I'm going to ask it. <laughs> what have you been saying in your tent? You see, we talked about a um, couple. You know, we we talked about how we have to believe and we have to think. That was last week. How we think. But do you know, here we find another way that they limited God in their life and it was by what they said. What they said, even when they thought no one was listening. You could even say it this way, it's what they said to themselves. And so I want to talk about our words and I want to talk about what we say in our tense. You can write this down, have... Three points for you. I do the points really for two reasons. Number one, uh, they're very simple sentences. If you can remember these three points, they're very easy to remember. Then you remember the whole sermon. Also, I do the points for me so I know when I'm finished. Because <laughs> I could talk forever. Write this down. Number one, our words are powerful. Our words. You know, we we will say things like, "Well, sticks and stones may break my bones." but words will never hurt me. But the truth of it is, can I just be honest? Some of you broke a bone and it's been healed for years, but your spirit is still crushed because of something someone said 20 years ago. So I don't think that's true. I think the truth of it is that words do hurt and words do crush and words are Powerful, and I said, you know, this series really came out of some things that the Lord was really dealing with me about, about the way that I believe and the way that I think, and because I think we can always get better, amen. And the things that I say, and and so I, I, we need to understand our words are powerful. Hebrews eleven three says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Do you understand what I just said? The universe was created by the word of God. So everything we've seen was created. Let me say it a different way. Everything you see was made from something you can't see. And it's the word of God that when God wanted to create everything you know as reality, everything that you interact with, your car, your house, matter, you, whatever, when God wanted to create everything that you now see and perceive as reality, he didn't get a laboratory. He didn't gather a bunch of ingredients. He did one thing. He spoke. Genesis starts off this way. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he saw that it was good. And then it said, then, then God said, let there be. Then God said, let there be. Then God said, let there be. And every time he saw that it was good, that God spoke and created everything. Psalm 33, 9 says, for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Words are powerful. Hebrews 1, 3, I love this one. It says, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. That's talking about Jesus. It's saying that Jesus and God look the same, right? If you've ever wondered, what's God like? Well, study Jesus. He's perfect theology, right? But watch this. He said, he upholds the universe, watch this phrase, by the word of his power. He upholds the universe by the word. Let me say another word. He holds the universe together by the word of his power. Let me break it down. He holds the universe together by his words. Now, here's the amazing thing. Science has actually proven this. If we'll give science enough time, they'll prove the entire Bible. It's true. Um, But did you know, if you're studying... I know y'all were thinking about this just the other day, about atoms and electrons and protons and neutrons and (laughs) the smallest observable uh, building blocks of of, uh, all matter... But if you follow science, what they say, the smallest, and, and you can't observe it, it's in theory, but the, the smallest theoretical building block of all matter, so past atoms, past electrons, protons, neutrons, the smallest building block is what they call a quark. Not a quirk, that's what your neighbor has, a quark. And do you know what they say a quark is? It's a vibration. Vibration. Now, I want you to think about this. When, when I'm, now I'm talking, obviously, to you and you're, you're hearing, when, when I talk, what's actually happening? My vocal cords are vibrating and it's creating sound waves that are just vibrations through the, through the air. And those sound waves are hitting your eardrums and causing them to vibrate. And your brain is interpreting those vibrations into a language and then giving you the meaning of what I'm saying. So basically, what is every word? It is a vibration. The universe is held together. What does science say? Hey, the building block of all matter is a vibration. God said, and it. That's why people say, "Oh my God, the world's about to end." My question always is: Is he going is, to? Is he stop, Did God stop talking? Because as long as he's talking, he's holding all things together by the word of his power. Are you with me? Your life can't fall apart as long as God's talking. Notice it says by the word of his power. Um, See with us, like with me. I use a language, they're really just symbols to express reality. Like I could say, this is a table. Now, when I said table, I didn't create a table, I described a table. Right? I I told you what's here and gave you a word for it. This is a table. Right? That's how my words work. How does God's words work? Well, God speaks the language of reality. Believe it or not, he doesn't speak English. Doesn't speak Hebrew. He speaks reality. So my words are symbols to express reality. God's words are the release of power to create reality. My words are symbols to express reality. God is the word of his power, the expression of his powers through a word. When God speaks, it releases power. It's an expression of power. You see what I'm saying? So his words are the release of power to create reality. God said, and it was good. God said, and it was good. That's why Isaiah 55 says, my word, God says, cannot return to me void, but it will accomplish exactly what I sent it to do. Why? Because the moment God released it, he wasn't releasing a symbol of reality. He was speaking into existence. The Bible says he calls those things as not as though they were. In other words, his superpower, if you will, is that when he says it, it is. God cannot talk and something not change or something not happen. God is never just saying. <laughs> if God talks, it creates. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? How many would say amen to that? If that's the truth, if you have a word from God, what are you worried about? When the angel comes to, to Mary and says, you're going to have this baby. And she says, I don't know a man. How can this be? And the angel says, Holy Spirit, And And then the angel says this, with God, all things are possible. I don't have time, but if I broke that apart because I've done it in the Greek, here's another way that could read. Every word from God has the power to fulfill itself. Every word from God has the power to fulfill itself, to complete itself. If God speaks, he holds the universe together by the word of his power. He's holding your life together by the word of his power. If God speaks, he creates. If God has spoken something over your life, it is working its way into existence. If you have a word from God, there's no need to be concerned. That's why people say, well, pastor, you're setting out to build this building and here you are, you're not going to get a loan. Uh, You've got 60% of the finances that you need and you're saying, we're just going to build it by faith as the money comes in step by step. Aren't you worried that you're going to look like a fool? Number one, if you've known me a while, you probably already think I am a fool. I'm totally comfortable with that. Number two, no, because I have a word from God. This whole church is here because of a word from God. He's holding this church together. Pathway's not gonna end tomorrow because God's not gonna stop talking. Do you know words are eternal? Once you release a word, the vibrations never stop. Whatever God's spoken, that's why the gifting and calling of God are without repentance because whatever God has spoken over your life never stops. That's a good word for somebody right there a word of his power. What about us? God's powerful, but we're created in the image of God. We're the only part of God's creation that was given a language. Now I know you think your dog talks to you. I get it. (laughs) I understand. I understand. But let's just pretend for a minute back in reality that we're the only creation that has a language because we're the only ones that have a language, right? Um, what about our words? We're creating the image of God. His words are powerful. What about our words? Our words create vibrations. They go on forever. What about our words? Well, the Proverbs talks a lot about our words. Listen to this. Proverbs 15:4 says, "A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in the tongue breaks the spirit." That's talking about your tongue. Proverbs 12:18, "The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Your tongue has the power to heal. Is that the word of God? Did we just read it together? Got to decide. Is this is God's word? Is it true? Is it all true or none of it true? Because you can't have just the parts you want. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three: those who guard their mouths and, and their tongues, watch this, keep themselves from calamity. pastor, I don't know. We're just always having drama. Just something's always going on. Something's always wrong. Let me help you. Shut up. Hang on. Let me put it in King James. Shuttest uppest thou mouthest. (laughs) Listen, do you see this? You can keep your life from calamity just by not talking. You know, the reality is our words are powerful. Our words actually release faith. Do you know that? Um, <clears throat> Romans uh, 10, 9 and 10. If you go back and look at verse 8, it says, the word of God is near us, it's in our mouths. And then Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says this. It says, because if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart. I want you to see the connection between what you say and what you believe. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. There is a connection between, listen, let me help you with this. You will say whatever you believe. If you want to know what your theology is, just listen to yourself for a week. Or go read your Facebook. If you want to know what you believe about your, your spouse, your kids, your own life, yourself, about God, about your church, about the country. If you want to know what you believe, just listen. Sometimes we find out what we believe is not what we think we believe. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. He says, not what goes in a man, defiles him, it's what comes out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. But we have to understand God gave us this mouth for a reason because God wants us to line up our hearts and our mouths. Because faith is released by what we say. What we believe, that's faith. What we say is when we release it. I'll come back to that. But I want you to understand that's how powerful your words are. Here's the second thing you could write down if you were just so inclined. The second thing is our words direct our lives. Now last week we talked about how the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart so is he and how the Bible says that be careful what you say because your words shape your life. And what we said last week is whichever way you think, that's the way your life is going to go. But this week we need to understand that however you talk, that your life's going to be steered by your tongue. James talks about this, James chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn the whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned, or, or we could say diesel engines now, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. I preached a message one time on this called Only You Can Prevent Forest Fires in Your Own Life. Because look what he says. He says, here's this big animal, this big horse, and you determine where this horse goes by bridling it. Here's this big ship, and as big and powerful as this ship is, you know what this determines where it goes? This little rudder. And he said, the tongue is the same. Here's your life. Here you are, but do you know what determines where you're headed is what you say. That's what it says, that your life is being controlled by your tongue. What your tongue says determines the direction that your life is going to go. Your life is on a course right now. We got, is this the word of God? Your, your life is on a course right now that has been plotted by your tongue. If you don't like where it's headed, move the rudder. Change the way you talk. Like we, we, We've got to understand that so many, so many times we, we say things about ourselves, about our lives, about our family members, our friends, about our bosses and our jobs, and we say things like, well, you know, it's just never going to work out for me. Well, I'm just never going to succeed. I'm never going to, I'm just never going to have what they have. I'm never going to live the way they live. I'm never going to, man, this boss is just like the last one who was just like the last one, who was just like the last one. Well, let me help you. There's only one common denominator. You are wherever you go. But it's so interesting that, that we will determine the, well, we're just, you know, I'm just, we're, I'm just always going to be dealing with this. I'm, all, I'm always going to be, you know, I'm just always going to struggle with this. I'm just always going to deal with this. Yeah, probably will. Always going to be sick. Always going to be depressed. Always going to be tired. Right? Always going to be left out. You know, I'm just always going to be alone. Well, you're guiding yourself away from people there's another book I want to write called No One Hangs Out With Eeyore. <laughs> and we need to understand that, that kind of like two sides of a coin, if the negative things that we say, if they guide our life, we can also steer our life where we want it to go by saying the right things. We can say things like, you know what, I'm always going to win. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I mean, we can say things like, I'm just never going to get out of this wilderness. Or we can come into agreement with, was it Madonna? I made it through the wilderness. I mean, we can decide. Welcome to Christian karaoke. Right? I mean, we can decide. We can say, you know what, man? My marriage is blessed. My family is blessed. My relationships are going to prosper. Man, I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to get increased. The Bible says he would increase me more and more. Me and my children, I'm going to increase. My children are going to increase. I'm not going to be depressed today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You see what I'm saying? We can steer our lives to where we want it to go. Do you know one thing I'm saying right now over the church? Because you know the direction I want the church to go? God, we will, build this, we will build this building all cash. We will do it quickly. We will never stop and it will be for your glory. every time listen to me every time the enemy says you're going to look like an idiot i say praise god we're going to build this building all cash once we start we'll never stop it'll be completed like nehemiah's wall in record time and the only person that gets any glory from this is jesus himself and when they say how did you do it we're going to say we have no idea but god is so good Like this was not a strategy that was well thought out. This was a word from God that we chose to walk out. We have to learn. And you know, here's the truth of it though. James chapter three, verse eight tells us that we can't tame our tongues. No human can tame the tongue. In fact, he said, if you can get control of your tongue, everything else is shady and downhill. I think that's the message translation or maybe it's the pastor marty loosely unabridged mildly interpreted version. <laughs> but it's a no human this is why David prayed in Psalm 141 verse 3 set a guard o lord over my mouth. This is something that I've I've been working on lately myself. God, I want you to set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. God, I want you I want you to let me know when I say anything that is not your word. Let me know when I, when I it, because a lot of times, listen, you know one thing I pray over myself, the church, my family, pretty much every day. Lord, today I bind, break, and sever every word, curse, and spell spoken over our church, over our family, over my life in the name of Jesus. Because sometimes we curse our own lives. You know, we'll say things that we're supposed to say and then nullify it, by cursing right after it, we'll say things like, "Well, I know the Bible says we're supposed to prosper, but I'm just never getting ahead." No, probably not. Have you ever? I know. I know none of you have done this. We're, you know, we're, we got it all together here. But you've met other people, and they will say things. Well, I know the Word of God says I'm healed, but I just can't ever get past this sickness. Well, I know the Bible says I'm free, but I'm just always going to struggle with this addiction. Well, can, James said it this way, can you have sweet water and bitter water flowing out of the same fountain nope. and expect either one of them to work? You can't do it. Listen, your life is headed wherever your tongue is taking it. And that's the truth of God's word. Here, here's the third thing you can write down our words determine the quality of our lives. I also think in some ways our words can determine the quantity, but I think our words definitely determine the quality of our lives. Here's probably the strongest two verses in the Bible about the tongue. Probably some of you have already thought about these. Proverbs 18, verse 20. Watch this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. You know what I've found in my life? If I'm not satisfied, it may be because my tongue and my mouth are not producing the right kind of food for me. A man shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he will be filled. Here's what this verse says. Your tongue is planting a crop that you will harvest. Have you ever said something like, well, I may have to eat my words. According to this, you will eat your words. (laughs) You get to decide whether that tastes good or bad. Right? (laughs) You can have filet or Brussels sprouts. I know you're like, well, I love Brussels sprouts. What is something wrong with you? (laughs) Well, I'm a vegan. That's fine. More cows for the rest of us. Watch verse 21? death and life are in the power of the tongue. Is that in your Bible? Is that the word of God? Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you see, this is not talking, listen to me. I know like, well, I've read this verse before. Okay, listen, this is not talking about God's words. This is talking about your words. It's talking about what we say. And here's what it says. What we say is so powerful that it determines the quality of our life. What you say determines the quality. The words that you speak about your life determine the quality of it. Death and life are, listen, with your tongue, you can kill it or with your tongue, you can bring it to life. Do You hear what I'm saying? You know, one of the things that I started looking at in my life, and this would be something good for you to do. I mean, if if it's good for me, it's good for you. I don't get a special deal. I didn't get like some clergy membership from heaven where I get a discount on stuff in the Bible or anything like that. I get the same deal. You, You know, unfortunately, there's no employee discount. You know, things just don't work out well for me because I'm a pastor. I have to learn to live exactly the way you have to learn to live. And I don't want to live in a wilderness. I'd like to go into the promised land. One of the things I started looking at was anything in my life that looked like it was dying. And then I started asking myself, well, what do I say about it? Or it could be, what am I not saying that could be said? And what you could do, you could look at your life and say, well, if I feel like my career is dying... My finances are dying. My relationships are dying. I feel like my health's dying. My well-being's dying. Well, go look and see. Well, what am I saying about it? And is there a way that I could say something about it that might bring it to life again? Because if this is the word of God, look Listen. You need to understand. This is just as true as John three sixteen. I think sometimes we read the Bible like Look Magazine or Vanity Fair or Sports Illustrated or something like that. We just read the Bible and say, well, these are good ethereal ideas and concepts that might do somebody some good. These are good things to think about occasionally or, hey, you know, this is good stuff to read. When No, 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 no. Every word in there is as true as John 3.16. And so are these words. The quality of your life depends on the words you speak. You know, Jesus even told us to speak to situations in our lives. In Mark chapter 11, uh, Jesus and the disciples are just hanging out there walking, and Jesus goes up to a tree to get some fruit off of it. Now, if a tree looks like it has fruit on it, what would that tree look like? Would well, have to be full of life, wouldn't it? Right? It'd have to be vibrant, green, budding. So he walks up to a very vibrant tree, looks very much alive, looks like it has fruit and finds out there's no fruit on it and Jesus curses the tree. No one really thought about it until they walked by the same tree less than 24 hours later and Peter stopped and said, hold up a minute, Jesus, this tree is dead. It has withered and died from the root up in less than a day. Like, you know, it's kind of like Ricky Ricardo. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> some of you may not remember that show. My generation has no clue what that means. But the rest of us, we enjoyed it, didn't we? Yeah. I used to watch that at Granny's house, see? <clears throat> you'd, have, you'd need a Granny if you're going to watch I Love Lucy. <laughs> Anyways, Jesus said, and Jesus stops, verse 22. He says, have faith in God. So the context is faith. He is teaching us about faith. And he's teaching us about what faith can do and how faith does it. And then he gets to Mark 11 verse 23. He says, "I say to you, now I want you to count after Jesus said, I'm telling you, I want you to count how many times he talks about what we say. What's this? Whoever says this one to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says, that's two. It will be done. He will have whatever he. Now he's talking about faith. In fact, he says believe in here one time. and He says doubt one time, but he says, says, or it was says three times. So what is the focus of this communication about faith? It's not just about faith, but it's about what we say. In fact, I would say this. He said, don't doubt, but believe. In other words, if you doubt, you'll say it. And if you believe, you'll say it. You say, well, why did he pick a mountain? Well, because that was what was beside them when they were walking. He's trying to make the point. This doesn't just work on trees. This works on anything you encounter. Peter said, what about this fig tree? And Jesus looks up and there's a mountain. He says, right there, if you just speak to that mountain. Whoever, first of all, is that whoever, or did he say Peter when the Messiah speaks? Did it say Messiah or whoever? whoever. Who's a whoever? Well, about half of you. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy just woke up he's like, Ethel, my whoever? Who is whoever? Whoever says to this mountain be removed, cast into the sea, done down in his heart, believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he. He's putting an emphasis on what we say, what we say. Um, See, faith, you need to understand this. Think in terms of potential and kinetic energy. Do you know what potential energy is? It's stored energy. In other words, it's energy that's not active. It's not doing anything, but it's there. So essentially, take you back to sixth grade science. If I had a pendulum and I pulled it back and held it here and it's attached there. Now, you know gravity affects things, right? I, I know it does because I've weighed in this millennium. And I know gravity affects things. But if I let that pendulum go, it's going to swing, right? That's, once it swings, once I let it go, that's kinetic. That's, that's energy in motion. As long as I'm just holding it up here, it's potential. It has the potential to do something, but it's not doing anything. I think this is what we miss with faith most of the time. You can have faith and it is potential or endless or limitless possibility, but it won't do anything until you release it. And you can pray and you can believe and you can pray and you can believe, but until you release it, it's not gonna do anything. Well, how does the Bible say that we release faith? Well, James said it this way. Faith without faith works. Let me put it in a different translation. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Doesn't do anything. You can have faith, but if you don't release it, it doesn't do anything. Do you hear me? And he said, you'll say, I can show you my faith without corresponding action. And I'll say, I'll show you my faith by my corresponding action. Here's what James is saying. You can't see faith until, faith doesn't do anything. It won't accomplish anything. And you can't even see it until it's released. You see what I'm saying? And what he's saying, if I have faith, there's an action. I've got to release it. I've got to do something. Are you with me? Well, what do we do? Well, one of the things you can do is what Jesus said. Say. Give faith a voice. Release it. Say what you believe. Now, I know this is where a lot of people say, wait a second, wait a second. I've heard this teaching before on YouTube and saw all the critics talking about how this is the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Okay, let me help you with something. Let me help you. I'm not saying that we manipulate God into doing what we want by what we say, nor am I saying that we can just say anything we want and that will be. You can sit in here until Jesus comes back saying, I have a Corvette in the parking lot, but you don't. <laughs> Unless you do, and then I'd like to drive it after service. <laughs> right? You can say, It's not how it works. See, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that we get God to align with our words. What I'm saying is we learn to align our words with God. I cannot manipulate God by what I say. He's really, really smart. Very hard to manipulate him. And he's omniscient, which means he knows everything. But here's what you can do. You can manipulate your life by saying what God says. Remember Romans 10, 9, and 10, if we confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart? What does confess mean? Say the same thing is. What does it, it mean? When I believe the same thing God wants me to believe or believe the same thing God believes, and I say The same thing. That's why the Bible says, hold fast the profession or confession. That's this King James, by the way, because that's the version where most of my scriptures are quoted from because that's what I grew up on. Hold fast the profession of our faith. What it's saying is hold on and say the same thing that God says. Well, how long do I say it till you see it? Right? He said, say and keep saying. He didn't say whoever said to this man. He said, no, whoever says. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea. No. Say, and keep saying. Joshua 1.8. We talked about this, but Joshua 1.8 says that, that um, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. It doesn't say heart, it says mouth. Like some of you are only missing a breakthrough by 18 inches. The difference between your heart and your mouth. So you like, well, I'm going to do it I <laughs> feel This book of the law will not depart out of my mouth. And it says, I will meditate in it day and night. That word meditate in the Hebrew could also be mutter, not murmur, mutter right you do this anyway well i tell you what that boss i tell you he just doesn't see how good i'm gonna tell you right now she didn't notice that i cleaned the house and i tell you right now he never mows the yard and i'm telling you he won't take my car and get the old change and I tell you these kids i don't know what's wrong with these kids i'll tell you something going on with these kids i am tell you right now i don't know what's wrong with this world president's crazy congress crazy everybody's crazy and tell you this world's going to hell in a handbasket you know what it is to mutter you just mutter the wrong things What if you went around muttering like this? I tell you right now, my children are gonna be blessed and taught by the Lord and great will be the peace of my children. I tell you, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And God, I just declare you're still God over this nation. I pray for our president and our Congress. Lord, you said, you said the heart of the king was in the hand of the Lord. And God, we just thank you that President Trump, his heart is in your hand and you're gonna steer it wherever you want it to go. And so God, I just thank you so much for my husband. He is a man of God. He is anointed and called and purposed and chosen. That's your word. I thank for my wife. She is a she is a woman of God. She She's a Proverbs 31 woman. God, she rises early. She works day and night to take care. I just thank you, God, that everything she does is blessed, her family. What if you just muttered that way? I thank you, God, for the benefits that I have that today everything I've ever done has been forgiven. All my iniquity has been forgiven. God, also all my diseases have been healed. I thank you by the stripes we were healed. God, I thank you for the prosperity that we have in the kingdom of God. What if we just learned to mutter that way? You're going to mutter either way. The Bible says, Amos said it this way. How can two walk together unless they're agreed? The reason some of us can't walk with God, we won't agree with the way he thinks. And we won't agree with what he says. (laughs) Well, if it feels good, say amen. Amen. If it hurts, say oh me. But Proverbs, Proverbs four says says what's this? it says, my words are life to those who find them, and healing to their bodies. You need to understand that's what God, God said. My words are life and healing, but only to those who find them. You know, if I were you, I man, I would I would know. What the word, You say, well, how do I know what God's promised me? How do you know what my promised land is? Well, you've got a last will and testament. Think about it. Someone passes away, how do we know what their wishes are, what their desires are, what they want is? How do we know? We read their last will and testament. Well, you have God's last will and testament. He's never gonna write another Bible. He's only written one, that's all he needed. And he has an Old Testament and a New Testament and they both work, they're both testaments, And you can find in that Old Testament and that New Testament exactly what God wants for your life. Well, I don't know. Am I supposed to prosper? Well, the word of God says you're supposed to. Right? He'll command his blessing on your storehouse and everything you touch will prosper. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you go out, blessed when you come out. Your kneading bowl's blessed. uh, The fruit of your vine's blessed. Your cattle's blessed. Everything you got's blessed. In fact, God God said this way. You'll be the blessed of the Lord. Right. Well, I don't know. Does God want me healed? Well, I found out God wants everything he paid for. Do you know why he's not willing that any should perish? Because he paid for everybody. Right? He was wounded for our transgression. You're forgiven today. I don't care how bad it was. You're forgiven. He was bruised for our iniquity. He crushed what keeps you stuck in sin. That's what iniquity is. Iniquity is the inward bending. So there's the transgression and then the inward bending. This is all Isaiah 53 or 54 right? He was bruised for our iniquity. Uh, the chastisement that brought us peace, that's shalom. That's total prosperity, body, mind, and spirit. Today, your mind can prosper. Your body can prosper. Your finances can prosper. You can be in health and prosper. That's first, first, third John, first John three, two, right? You can prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Everything about you. soul's going to prosper, right? Going to be in health, going to prosper. All this is all God's will that he paid for. Are you with me? That's why the Bible says, people perish for a lack of knowledge. Until I know what God's will is for me, I cannot live it out. And God has a good plan for me, not a bad plan to give me a hope and an expected outcome. But as long as I don't apply myself to knowing the word of God and knowing what he says about me and knowing what he wants about me, it doesn't work for me. I have to know it so I can believe it, so I can say it. Well, pastor, I just don't believe it. I don't care. Say it anyway. You'll talk yourself into it. Jesus said, by your lips, by your mouth, you will be uh, justified, or by by your words, you'll be condemned. By your words, you'll be justified. That means acquitted or made right. In other words, by your words, your life can be made right, or by your words, your life can be condemned or sentenced. You are either making your life right, or you are sentencing it to hell. But either way, it's all about what you're saying about it. Some of you just need to get Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one, you can have revival if you know how to use it. God, I think I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. I have an inheritance. That's that's verse two. Verse four, I have an inheritance. I am loved, I am accepted, I am chosen, I am adopted. That's all just the first four or five verses of Ephesians right there. You can go to Deuteronomy 28. God, I'm the blessed of the Lord. Everything I have is blessed. Everything I do is blessed. Everywhere I go is blessed. Are you with me? There's a reason why Paul said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say. Are you blessed? Yes, say so. Right? Now I'm not talking about just stupid stuff, but I'm talking about what you have a word from God for. What kind of word, what is in that, you know, to me, I've started looking through, the, through what God's word was. And every time I find something where I'm like, no, no, we need some attention right here. I look through the word of God and I get me. So I write it down. So say, okay, here's what I'm gonna say. And every time I want to worry or murmur, I decide I'm not going to murmur, I'm going to mutter, right? (laughs) And so I'm not going to murmur, I'm going to mutter, and I'm not going to worry, I'm just going to speak God's word and just expect his word. I had a friend, he's, he's in heaven now, so it worked for him. But I had a friend, he said this, the word will work when you work the word. The word will work when you work the word. Your life's headed where your tongue's taking it. And the quality of life that you have determined is determined by the words that you speak. Why do you think Jesus said you'll give an account for every idle word? You want to know the one scripture that scares me to death in the Bible? That's it. Because I'm not worried about hell not going to be there. But me having to get, because I've spoken a lot of words... I'm like, dear God, set a guard over my mouth. Lord, let's stop, the, let's stop the train now on judgment as far as what I've said. I don't want to have to answer for some of the things I've said. Are you with me? Listen, I want you to live the life God's called you to without limit, without reservation. I want you to do everything God wants you to do. But listen to me very carefully. It's not going to happen till you change the way you think and you change the way you talk. Because your life is headed where your tongue is taking it. But here's the thing. That's a good thing. Because your life can go wherever your tongue can talk it into going. Some of you just need to talk yourself into being blessed. You've been convincing yourself it'd work for everybody for so long. Why don't you take a little time and convince yourself it'll work for you? You've convinced yourself that God cares about everybody else. Why don't you you say his thoughts towards me are more numerous than the grains of sand on the seashore? His thoughts toward me, he has numbered the hair on my head. His thoughts toward me are good, Jeremiah 29 says. Well, I can't hear the Lord. Yes, you can. I am the sheep of his pasture and sheep hear their shepherd. He has given me a spirit, and God is spirit, and the spirit of the Lord is the, the the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. God speaks to me spirit to spirit and illuminates to my spirit what God wants me to know. I can be taught by the Holy Spirit today. He is my teacher you just you just need to know what God says. That's the problem. you've been listening to you so long you don't know what God's saying. Okay, I'll stop. Here's really the question you need to leave here today with. What am I saying that I need to stop saying? And what am I not saying that I need to start saying? Because I want to live the life he's called me to. Amen. I'm not, I'm not going to limit God by what I say. Amen. Come on, give God praise for a good word. That's a good word. <laughs> Why don't you stand with me?